Georgie? The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Come with me if you want to live. Delighted to be joined on the show tonight by the writer, director, editor and star of new found footage horror, The Outwaters, Robbie Banfitch. Hi Robbie, how are you doing? I'm good. Got my coffee. <laughs> um, thanks very much for joining us tonight and congratulations on the movie. It was great. I was sent a screener from Screenbox. Um lucky enough to be one of those that got the kind of early access, especially being out with the States, um, where we, we've not got the, the fortune of a, a release just yet. Um, and I watched it again today, with the, I think you, you sent as a, a screener as well, and it's it was my fifth watch of it. Oh, God. Yeah, and it is fantastic. And yeah, as I said, congratulations. Um, how has the reaction been over... The kind of US, obviously, you've got you've had cinematic release. It's just been released on, uh, just out on streaming last week, was it? Yeah, the reaction's been wildly all over the place. Yeah, wildly all over the place. <laughs> extremely hard for me to at this point predict mm. who will like it and who won't, even if I could know their film tastes and you know. Um, so yeah, all over the place. Yeah. I have seen that a couple of times. Um, yeah, just people, sometimes they don't know how to take the movie. Um, me, personally, the first time I watched it, I was unsure of it. So then I rewatched it again, and it was the second viewing of it that kind of hit home for me. It was the one that I really kind of felt, maybe not that I understood it more, but I appreciated it more for what it was because I knew what I was getting myself in for. Um, and, yeah, that second viewing really kind of hit home um, and the the fear still even notched up a, a wee kind of element again at that point uh, certainly online anyway there's been a lot of we're going by Twitter there's a lot of positive response and i seen I think you retweeted Mike Flanagan giving the movie praise as well which is quite a big thing he's one of my personal favourites Um is the are you surprised by the reaction at all, even positive or negative? Did it's it's been certainly in the the horror community. It's been making the rounds and it's been getting people talking. Uh, the, the most of the criticisms um, on the negative side, I, I saw all throughout um, test screening, and you know, okay. I made different choices so none of that's a surprise what i am surprised by are certain things that i work like in my opinion carefully to make sure weren't criticisms like the diegetic music thing mm -hmm. so like the the songs in the first half for example are listened to by the characters All right okay like to see um people thinking that the cops laid a soundtrack down is a little baffling to me. Yeah, stuff like that. I'm like, wait, what? How did you mm. get that? Um, although I think some of it could be because it does sound pretty good, and there's some scene like in terms of the quality of the the sound of the songs. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's some scenes where it does cut from shot to shot, but it doesn't necessarily sound like the song itself cuts, even though it does. So certain things like that. But yeah. in terms of just um, criticisms overall i was expecting some of that um yeah i mean i went through like a lengthy editing test screening editing test screening editing test screening process so mm. um, the stuff i'm seeing i've heard before yeah sorry i like it the way it is <laughs> <laughs> but and also in the positives as well i mean it's been um like there seems to be a, a new, maybe not a new movement, certainly, but since the turn of the year, I've noticed a lot more um, indie horror getting 
the publicity that it maybe deserves that before it possibly wouldn't get. Like there's been yourselves and Skinamarink as well has been getting a lot of good and positive reaction. Um, what you're saying there about the the, the the music, that never struck me at all during it. Never, not once did yeah, I think the police. I guess it just sucks because for me, watching a found footage movie, that would take me out of it mm. personally. So it's like, oh, I don't want to like speak for the movie, but there are certain things that I think would help people enjoy it more. But, you know, like that, like if you know the music's supposed to be listened to by the characters and it's coming mm-hmm. from like speakers or a radio, etc. Oh well, (laughs) I think (laughs) it's easy to miss stuff too. There's a lot going on in here. Um, Mm -hmm. For as mundane as the first half can seem, and as and as um, um, chaotic as the second half can seem, there's definitely like tons of little things going on Mm -hmm. uh, underneath or that are subtle or in the background that um, are easy to miss, especially if you're not watching on a big screen with big sound yeah 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 i can't control how people watch it but i just yeah sucks when you i mean the the flashlight is small enough the flashlight circle is small enough i can't imagine watching that on like a little laptop or a phone yeah so i watched it on my laptop unfortunately it's just the only only way at the minute hopefully we do get a a kind of cinematic release here or even a a, i think you're quite a big fan of physical media so even on my my big telly that i've got um but i made sure i was wearing the headphones while watching it because certainly in the second viewing i was i had the headphones in there because the sound design that you've got on this is fantastic from as you're saying the music and uh like michelle singing is beautiful to listen to as well to the kind of loud sound that they hear in the desert i don't know exactly what it is but um and then to the screaming and just everything you've got the sound design is absolutely spot on on it and it really adds to the experience thanks um that was fun to work on it was Mm. just like lots and lots of editing and experimenting and playing around with sounds. So um, I would say that's one of the things I'm ha- uh, proudest of with the movie because I haven't really delved too far into sound design previously. Right. And you've done that yourself as well? Uh, yes. Nice. <clears throat> Out of necessity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Out of necessity. Had no money yeah. for a sound designer fair enough but yeah it sounds great and it it really does give that extra extra layer to it um just to give a little kind of background for your to yourself sorry when was the outwaters something that you had been planning to write was it something that came to you quite quickly or had it been in your mind for a while in terms of writing a script writing a, a story for it um, well, I've always wanted to make a found footage movie ever since I saw Blair Witch Project when I was young. Mm-hmm. So I always wanted to make one, but I never, I, I just, I didn't want to make one until I had an idea that I thought was good mm-hmm. um, or interesting. Um, that came around like 2000, I started thinking about it like 2015, 16. Okay. I started like filming little tiny things to test out ideas around like 2016, 17. And then uh, started planning it the year after that and started filming it in 2019. Mm-hmm. And, and then kind of the, the filming process for it is it's all, well, certainly the, the desert scenes are all filmed in the Mojave. And was that quite a, quite a challenge? Like I'm from Scotland, any heat is a challenge. So filming in the desert seems just terrifying. It was um hot a lot mm. of the day, but uh, the desert heat's typically pretty dry and not like muggy and sweaty. Mm. Um, so it really wasn't that uncomfortable. There were obviously like some days and moments that were like, oh, pretty hot, but it wasn't too uncomfortable, mm-hmm. especially since we wore light clothing and 
or we're naked. <laughs> so it's a benefit. <laughs> um, again, being from Scotland, being in light clothing or naked in the desert, I would be sunburnt within about five minutes. I just couldn't last. <laughs> It'd be horrible. I do miss my tan from the outwaters. <laughs> that was probably the best tan I've ever done. Um, being out there so long, it's probably, you know, obviously not like great for my skin. Dermatologist is probably like, what are you doing? But yeah. And um, is found footage again, is that something that you've always been a fan of in, in the horror the genre? Movie, if I like the movie, I just think of it as like any other movie. If, I, if the movie is good, then yeah. But it's not something where I'm like seeking out found footage movies. I mm-hmm. seek out killer animal movies. Right, okay. Like Lake Placid and things like that? Or? Yeah, like, not the sci-fi channel stuff, but like anything, yeah, like Lake Placid or Cujo, Cocaine mm-hmm. Bear. Like I'm <laughs> back, down for all that. Um, But mm-hmm. found footage is a genre where I'm like going to try to watch a bunch of it. It's just, I like it if I think it's well done. Mm-hmm. And was there any was there any kind of major influences for yourself on was there a, a couple of movies maybe that you used as maybe not a reference as such for the Outwaters but you used them for inspiration? Yeah, obviously the original Blair Witch Project for mm-hmm. the authenticity in the in the acting is what I was like. I wanted to capture. They really felt like real people having real conversations that you would have on camera. So that was definitely a source of trying, like, that grounded mine. Mm -hmm. Um, The first half of Wolf Creek, in terms of the slice of life, road trip, there's not too much drama in Wolf Creek. It's all very kind of nice and I really liked all the characters and how they related to each other and it was all very just almost ordinary but beautiful so I, I wanted to um, I've always loved that movie so yeah. that one and then like vibes wise mm. the original Hills Have Eyes and um, mm. like then Tree of Life to the Wonder Terrence Malick's stuff um, in terms of like some of the freedom with the camera mm-hmm. and like things billowing in the wind. Love, I love something billowing in the wind. <laughs> uh, yeah. As you said, the, the, in the, uh, the scenes in the desert, I think you've got Michelle in her dress kind of billowing and while she's dancing around and it's really, really effective sh- uh, kind of shots. Um, with the, I think when I was first sent the screener and I knew it was a found footage movie, I was quite surprised to see the runtime like being roughly about maybe about an hour and 45, maybe just over. But on watching it, it works perfectly. Like you get that extra time with the characters to get to know them, get to see their kind of dynamics. You The kind of first card in their build-up to going to the desert, the second card as they are getting to the desert and really not necessarily finding out what's happening, but certainly starting to experience some weird phenomena. And then the third, which just becomes what it is, which is fucking wild. Um, I think the certainly, again, on a second watch, getting that extra time with the characters works so well because of the madness that's to come was that something that was just intentional from yourself did you feel that there was the need to have the the yeah just the the time to get those characters to gel together yeah i always wanted it to be very i don't know if lived in is the right term Mm -hmm. Uh, very slice of life and i even though again the characters are not fighting. There's no deep conflict on the surface. Uh, I, I, I always wanted it to be like that. Just yeah. what would actually be filmed and take our time. And even though you don't necessarily have the characters giving confessionals, talking about their darkest secrets, you still kind of get a sense of them. And mm-hmm. it feels to me like you're hanging out with them. So if you don't like me and my friends <laughs> <They> don't, like, <laughs> don't like us in the outwaters. Yeah. 
Well, I, I think, yeah, it gives a great, um, as I said, it gives a great kind of feeling towards their relationships together. And um, obviously, once they start experiencing the weird stuff, there's a little bit of tension, but nothing that <clears throat> nothing that fully blows up into a full-blown argument. They all seem to have a good understanding of each other. They're there trying to shoot the, the music video together. And when... One thing I would say as well is that the some of the shots you get when it starts to get into the Mojave at night, like the the sunset kind of over the I think it shoots like hills or something in the Mojave, and you've got there's two very specific shots, um, one before the ship really hits the fan, and it's the man the guy standing with the axe, and then another part I think during the kind of camera setup of some sort, and just that sunset and over the Mojave, just the beautiful kind of cinematography there. It was fantastic. Well, thanks. I tried to make it pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, and it was great. Um, the so the decision, it, what I think with this movie is it focuses more on the found than the footage, if you get what I mean. Like what you're mm. saying about Blair Witch Project, it was one of the the kind of standard bearers of found footage. And since then, probably around maybe since Paranormal Activity, it's all been about HD cameras set up on a wall that catches absolutely everything or someone who's, for some reason, running about with some form of 4K record, recording equipment. This focuses more on the actual kind of the feeling of the classic style of found footage and was again obviously as you said being a, mass, a fan of the Blair Witch Project was that something that you found kind of important to to get across getting the the found style more than the the footage if, I, if you will yeah to me the whole point of found footage is for it to feel authentic and so for uh this I wanted it to feel raw and mm. um use a camera that someone that i had and yeah I, I tend to not buy into found footage films that look like they were made with millions of dollars yeah um, by a um someone in the uh cinematographer's guild <laughs> so mm. um yeah. yeah wanted it to feel raw and kind of unedited Mm -hmm. For the amount of editing that I did, tried to make it feel unedited. <laughs> yeah, um, and it works. Yeah, it works great. And what is great about it, as you said, it's like a pinhole-sized light that we're seeing all the madness kind of unfold, and it adds to the effectiveness because you're straining, you're looking closely, you're focusing really quite a lot. Um, in terms of a, a lot of general horror movies, maybe not necessarily even just found footage, you can kind of shut off a little bit, but in the outwaters, you really have to focus in, which accentuates the horror. It makes you feel, it makes you, you really notice every kind of sinew, every bit of blood, every stab of whatever every kind of thunk of an axe and that just adds to that um stress and terror that you get mm -hmm. yeah i think that's where half the people turn off you know it that and i did know early on that would be that would probably alienate a lot of people that's at a certain point they're like i'm just mm -hmm. annoyed and they want to see everything but uh for me um like this and then with Skin and Marink, which is very different, but you know, Skin and Rink is able to tune in. I think the some of the scenes in this with the flashlight and the disorientation, they can work to tune you right in. So, um, yeah, that was a. Also, it's just that's what it looks like in the desert with my flat with my. Actually, it's like a big floodlight. <laughs> so, right, right, okay. The one um, that my character's holding is is a big flashlight it's just that's what it happened to look like mm -hmm. my camera in the desert so yes. I that. yeah and it looks great and i've been in the desert once in vegas or twice in vegas so uh that's totally different there's far too much light there but um the 
I think a thing that adds to it as well, actually, is so obviously you have the kind of disorientation of the nighttime scenes and the kind of pinprick uh, light that you're looking through. The madness during the daytime, I think, is its effectiveness is added to because of that, because you're then able to see how kind of your character Robbie is. He's just kind of descending into something that we don't understand. He doesn't understand, and he's clearly terrified by it. Um, there is worm-like things that I'm not hundred percent sure of what I've seen. Then he also starts responding to, starts like calling out for help to a kind of group of donkeys. He's just. You're watching his descent during the daytime, which I think is really affecting because of what you can't see at night. Yes, he's going through it. <laughs> going <laughs> yeah. through the donkeys. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I... There's actually a lot of the horrors in the daytime. Mm. I think it, just, it may feel like um, less, but um, a lot of the horrors in full, broad daylight, and I'm not hiding things, mm -hmm. especially the last 10 minutes. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I like that day, night, day, night, day, night thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The last 10 minutes, um, we won't go kind of full spoilers, but it, it was, I think the way it kind of cuts to the finale, the, the it is really striking. Um, wasn't what I was expecting. I'll be honest, um, but it was fantastic. And have you seen, I think with a movie like this, where there's kind of a bit of ambiguity as to what's exactly going on, have you seen kind of fan theories and things like that? Have you, you read any online? Are you are you interested yeah. in that? About hearing what people, maybe what their opinions are of it? Or not opinions, but what their yeah. thoughts are. No, it's are. very fun to read what people, the people that are um, tr trying to, figure out or saying what it means to them or what what they think is happening that's very fun for me to read mm -hmm. um i built the whole movie with the central idea and designed everything around that so everything that happens is very much by design however mm -hmm. i also did that knowing that you're supposed to be looking at compromised on on you know like i didn't fit, my character didn't film everything there's going to be missing pieces mm -hmm. obviously the nature of the threat makes a lot of what's happening possibly untrustworthy or, or disorienting so i also knew all of that and that people would be able to take away different theories and not necessarily be wrong mm -hmm. even if they're different than their friend's theory etc so yeah that's been fun to read yeah um, some very elaborate theories i'm learning some things <laughs> about <laughs> what's in my movie and what certain things mean that i didn't know i won't say mm -hmm. what but yeah i'm like oh didn't know that represented that yeah and yeah, that again, that just adds to it. It adds to its rewatchability because people will go back and if they have their theory, they'll be looking for little cues or little hints that maybe backs them up or plays down what they think, in which case they'll then maybe move on to another theory. And it's got that level of rewatchability as well, I think really adds to it. Um, looking at the... The uh, kind of the response again that you've had, and I think you've been to a few screenings yourself as well. Has that been quite an interesting experience for you? Has it been in LA or have you travelled about as well? Um, I saw it at with a theater at mm -hmm. three film festivals, right? Okay, um, and I've seen it now in theaters with because I would do Q and As, and normally I wouldn't watch the whole movie again. But I like last night I went with my friend who had not seen it, so I stuck stuck around. Mm -hmm. um i'm honestly it's just very cringy for me <laughs> if you can imagine just watching myself make all those like noises and it's just very cringy and <laughs> awkward and i think it's pretty awkward for the audience too <laughs> i think it's it the uh, maybe for yourself certainly i certainly uh, i don't like listening back to myself and this is just in a general conversation so uh, hearing yourself making those noises yeah it might be a bit awkward but i think it really it gets the the kind of descent into potential madness that robbie's going through within the movie um another thing the donkeys were they just there or was that yeah, something they, set up <laughs> they were just there and i did not know 
there were such a thing as like wild burrows, wild donkeys. Oh, right. So it wasn't even a farm or anything? No, they no. were just there. Oh, no, so they got written into the movie. I figured I only <laughs> had so much time. Like once I actually started filming, I'm like, all right, how can I give these donkeys their own arc? So that's why <laughs> you're able to kind of see them like woven into the film from beginning, middle to end, because I did different types of, um, I wrote them in and gave them like a little storyline while I was starting to shoot. Right, so okay. I felt them in different states of mind and film them my characters different states of mind yeah knowing that they would come back so they were good donkeys to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> well perfect then um so uh, overall for yourself what's next for the outwaters obviously we've kind of spoke privately about european releases and physical releases and a uk release because that's different from the eu now i'm assuming i don't know if that's more difficult from yourself um what is what is next for it? Um, Blue Finch Films in the UK has um, is working on getting it out Excellent. to different countries that want it. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't have news on specific countries that are um, taking the film, but it will start to appear in different countries that want it. Yeah. Uh, in the US, um, it just hit streaming, so that's happening and there will be a blu-ray release sometime this year likely in the spring summer something like that excellent um so it get your multi-region blu-ray player i have mine (laughs) yeah there's so many of my movies from the uk and australia and germany aye so i saw i think it was a picture the it was shared and it was yourself working or there was just a wall of discs that you have. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was college. But I have more than that now. They're like around the corner. <laughs> I just hadn't out the way. I used to have it. Now I've got a, a PS5 and a 4K player. So I've got the, the odd. I've got kind of like things like um, a Host. I don't know if you've seen Host, the kind of found footage horror. Yeah, uh, I've got that in Blu-ray. Yeah, that's great. Um, it's funny some people think that I'm Rob Savage just because we both made found footage movies and their names are Rob <laughs> so I saw one of you it's like um, after uh, after host and dash cam and I'm like oh poor Rob Savage mm. Think people think he made the and it's um, so it's real interesting that, as you're saying hopefully we get the same kind of response Europe wide and I'll definitely pick up a, a what do you call copy of it? A, a, a physical, Blu-ray. a Blu-ray, yeah, physical copy of it. Um, how do you feel? Do you kind of have a, a thought on the way that indie horror's response is kind of? It almost feels like the the mainstream horrors kind of had its moment, and now people are being more responsive to the indie scene like as i said with yourself and skin i think this year has been a big there's been a big movement in terms of people talking about it whether positive or negative it's certainly i don't know i just think that skin got a lot of attention because it's really scary for a lot of people including me right i think that's why that one got so much attention because it's genuinely for a lot of the audience very scary and that's rare Mm-hmm. Um, um, obviously though, it was really nice to see something like that playing all over the country here. It's not yeah. the typical thing you would see at a AMC. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think that each, each move, I, I just don't know enough. I feel like each movie gets attention for its own. Really, you know, cocaine bears getting a shit ton of attention mm. and Megan got a shit ton of attention. So it's just horror and scream six is going to so yeah just on the movie i guess um but but there is something to be said for the fact that that um skinner rank was playing all over the country and in major movie theaters that was exciting Mm -hmm. for me yeah in general yeah yeah definitely and i think we had a terrifier 2 as well was another one last year that not as low budget as Skinner rank but certainly low budget in relation to the majority of uh, kind of horror releases and that was also, yeah, that was exciting just because it was totally uncompromised and <laughs> yeah. something uncompromised like that in a 
AMC once again after the mm. Nicole Kidman does her thing. Um, <laughs> was good. So yeah, I think Terrifier 2's like wide release really helped set um pave the way for more uncompromised visions being able to play to mm. larger audiences. Again, yeah. no, I guess it just depends on 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 the movie itself though ultimately and if, if people start talking about it. So people started talking about the outwaters from festivals and reviews that came out of festivals. So mm. um, that's why mine was able to play in some theaters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been, as I said, yep. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And what's next up for yourself once they kind of moving on from the waters, I think I see, did I see a poster for your next feature? Is yeah. It, uh, uh, my next movie is Tinsman Road. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna premiere at a festival, unnamed footage festival. All right, okay. Excuse me, in San Francisco next month. So they were the first festival that played out what is in like a movie theater. Right, nice. Last year. Um, so Tinsman Road will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, very different. Not weird. <laughs> Not that weird. Uh, very different. Still found footage, but uh just nice. a totally different vibe and story and feel. I don't know that you would necessarily know that they were both directed by the same person, like style wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to try to, I think there's definitely like, or at least my friends who've known, known me for a long time and have seen all my shorts, right, they definitely okay. sense the things that stick the thre- the threads and the, the themes and the types of, um, things I do in my movies, but, um, yeah, I'm not so sure. Those are my friends that have been seeing my stuff my whole life. So yeah, yeah, nice. And I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Having seen the waters, and is there anywhere that people can get your shorts to watch? Are they on YouTube or anything like that? Not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a couple, but nothing that I'd be like. I mean, there's a college thesis film on YouTube that was shot on 16 millimeter called White Light. Okay. on um, my old channel that was a college thesis film and it was never officially finished so like the the score is temporary and the sound the sounds a little bit like i mean it's like a college thesis film made in 2006 and 7 so it's a little right. rough in terms of like the the sound mm-hmm. but it is shot on 16 and it's very um beautiful looking and it it definitely has that like mood flowy thing going on Mm -hmm. people can watch that if they if they're interested and um um yeah i do aim to when i have money get some of my stuff transferred and upload it for fun like my middle school and high school movies um also just so i can like save them because most of them are on vhs tapes right okay yeah definitely then so you want them kind of backed up in some way shape or form um well thanks very much for joining us tonight we're going to let you go um it's been great chatting to you face to face uh and just thank you for the movie i've absolutely loved it and i can't wait to get the hard copy and good luck with whatever more promotion you've got in tinsman road as well man. thank you and i'll keep the twitter updated with where the movie is going to next in terms of countries and releases etc so People can just follow the Outwaters on Twitter. And I also always recommend and promote other horror movies, big and small, because mm-hmm. I'm a horror boy. I love it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Robbie Banfitch, thanks very much. Thank you. I'm excited because this is my dream. And to do it with friends and people is amazing. And I feel lucky. So. Well, that's profound. Thanks. <laughs> 911, what are you reporting? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I'm excited because Ma'am? this is my dream. And to do it with friends and people is amazing. And I feel lucky. So delighted to be joined on the show today by one of the stars of the Cosmic Horror Found Footage. Uh, We'll go into that further as we go in the interview. But certainly... 
been making a splash stateside, um, releasing on the 9th of January in cinemas. Um, and as I said, delighted to be joined by Michelle May. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, obviously, we've been kind of exchanging emails back and forth, getting something sorted for a, a wee chat. And thanks very much for coming on. Um, yeah, for sure. So, first off, just kind of going back to the beginning of, I don't even know if I said the movie name, it's called The Outwaters. It has been making, anyone who has social media especially that follows the the kind of horror community, I think will definitely have heard of this movie. I've seen it myself, I was given a screener uh, from Screenbox and I absolutely loved it. Um, it took a lot to not be able to talk about it until the embargo lifted on the 1st of February. Um <laughs> And then I put my my review of it out, and yeah, it's one of my favourite found footage that I've seen in a long time, um, and I'm a big found footage fan. Um, so just to kind of start at the beginning, um, the pitch for the Outwaters that was given to you, I assume would that have been by Robbie? Yeah, so mm. Robbie, I've known Robbie for about 10 years, but yes, he was the one who asked me to be in the movie. Yeah, and how... Did he explain the kind of premise of it for you? Because trying to explain the outwaters to someone that hasn't seen it and is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. That's how I feel trying to explain it to, you know, friends and family to go see it. Um, mm. But Robbie, I I know that he's an artist and he's been a filmmaker for a while. And um, I myself love like experimental art and i i'm not a huge horror fan but i think it's fun to kind of like dive into the mysterious and the unknown and leave things up to interpretation so that's kind of how it was pitched to me it was like this is a horror movie that i'm doing and it's in the desert you're a singer which i you know i like to sing and play music and he's mm -hmm. like yeah and uh there's gonna be blood and it's gonna be fun and something mysterious is gonna happen and i just said yeah. count me in so that <laughs> that's kind of how it went yeah perfect uh definitely yeah without we won't go too spoiler heavy um in this chat um as much as we can without saying things if you if you understand sure. <laughs> uh, the um so your character of michelle august as you said is a, a singer and there's almost the not necessarily the reason for going to the mojave desert but is it's her music video that leads them to that in terms of your character, was there much background given to her? There's kind of hints for her about maybe her mother's passed away, possibly. Um, and yeah, just her, generally her background, was there a, a character there for you to work off of? Or was it something that you developed yourself as you went? Yeah, so I personally, I mean... This, the character really resonated with me as far mm. as being someone who is an artist and most of the time is like happy-go-lucky, but she has experienced um, some loss in her life or trauma. And so I resonated with that part of the character as far as, um, you know, losing my mom in the movie and she was a singer and connecting with that. Um, it was fun for me as an actress because I got to kind of dive into those emotions and you know you have to kind of pull from a place of like real life experience mm -hmm. um but i i think it was cool because there's a lot of emotions that you experience in the movie like we're having fun and then there's some sad weird ominous stuff going on mm -hmm. um so yeah but i i really loved the character and i i definitely uh resonate with her mm -hmm. it's interesting yeah what you're saying there obviously part of the i think the the appeal for me, certainly, of the movie was a lot of found footage can be 80, 70, 80 minutes. It's not particularly immersive in terms of maybe character development and the, certainly the relationships between some characters. The four friends in this, they feel lived in before they experience what they go on to experience in the desert. Um, was that, again... It felt to me that that was quite important for what's to come. So you get that. I think it's it's nearly not too far off of two hours long, the movie. So 
you've got a full hour of character development. You've got the, the first disc as it's split into the three discs is them kind of at home talking about going to the desert and just kind of seeming to enjoy each other's company. And then the second part is the their interaction in the desert and setting up for the shoot and things like that. And then the kind of weird occurrences on the first night. Um, do you think that was important because you get that extra time with your your main characters because the second half of the movie goes so extreme and so out there that it gives you that extra sense of caring for them as well. Yeah, I um I personally think that as well because it's you get invested and you're like, oh, these people, you know, not to say that I'm cool, but you're like, these people are cool, like they're friends, they're having a good time. They seem like you said to genuinely enjoy enjoy each other's company and then yeah, just plot twist. They're going to do something fun and yeah. make magic. And then all of a sudden, you know, crazy stuff starts happening. So I think that's what makes the Outwaters unique is I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of found footage movies, but it it is far off. Like, yes, there's some interesting things happening in the beginning. It's not necessarily scary. It's just a bit strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but you really get connected to this friendship that everyone has. And each character really has their own story and their own personality. So I think it's a fun group. And yeah, it's it's uh, sad when something can happen to a fun group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it allows for, as we're saying in the second half, you've got a full kind of 45, 50 minutes of this strange, disturbing, unexplainable, um, violent, and really kind of visceral horror that despite perhaps not seeing as much as you think you might, there's enough given to you that your mind can go places with it. Um, the the kind of from Robbie's perspective and he has a, an almost pinhole sized uh, flashlight. <laughs> yeah. You're seeing flashes of what's going on. There is scenes in a house, there's scenes outside. that looks like outside a plain window. Um, and it just, it's from complete brightness in the, the sun of the Mojave to the utter terrifying darkness of that same, or or is it the same place, um, <laughs> scenario and setting almost. And it just adds to the, like a sensory overload almost at times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean cinematically i think the movie is super beautiful um Mm. robbie has such a good eye i've always thought that even before i was you know in his project um Mm. but yeah there's just there's such a back and forth and it is i think i saw someone said an assault on the senses and i think that way too it's not like it's shaking you around like you're gonna throw up you know in your seat watching it but it is kind of beautiful and it's artistic in a way to where it's pulling on your emotions you might be scared um, but yeah, there's a lot going on and it's, it is up to interpretation and that's what I like about it. I think art should be that way. Everybody's going to have their own opinion about what they think it is or what's going on. And so that's why I'm excited for people to see it. Yeah, definitely. And what you're saying there about Robbie's eye for a shot, I think it was just before the shit really hits the fan <laughs> and there's a kind of a, the sunset in the Mojave and someone just standing on the horizon, axe in hand. Mm. And it's a beautiful, beautiful shot, but yeah. also just adds that terror and that oh. leads leads into the madness. And yeah. um, it's one of those that you really just have to... In my review, I actually said, there's for me, there was only there's two ways to really experience the Outwaters, I think. Ideally in a cinema, um, and hopefully in the UK we can get a, a cinematic release. I'd really love to see that because yeah. um, you'll get the full immersion of which great sound design in the whole movie as well. The sound design's fantastic in it. Um, and also the the quieter moments I think would really hit as well um, in a cinema. Or a really good pair of headphones, turn the light off and just let it, <laughs> let it, I think I, think I used the words let the outwaters drag you to hell mm, by getting yeah. that immersion. I think is a real. Those I think would be the both the ideal ways to see it. Ideally, as I said, cinematic. But I think just that, as you're saying, with his direction and the shots he gets, it really is an immersive experience. For sure. 
Yeah, or put mm. a blanket over your head, over your laptop, and then just yeah. like create I a do. dark room. <laughs> yeah. I live in Glasgow. It's always cold, wet, and dark, even during the day. So it's fine. We this is yeah, perfect like, movie for us. I exist yeah. in this. I'm in yeah. sunny California, so it's like we gotta create use the movie magic, as they would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how how was it? Um I'm assuming the majority would that have been filmed on location in the desert? Even the yeah. night shots? Yeah, so um, yeah, all of it was filmed out in the desert in the Mojave. Um, we found some really cool spots. California is kind of amazing because throughout the movie, you see a, like some different um, climates. Like we go through the mountains at one point, but we're lucky mm-hmm. that you know you drive an hour kind of in any direction and you can pretty much get any climate. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was cool because we didn't have to go super far, but I think we got a lot of different landscapes and that adds to the elements of the movie. Robbie also goes to the East Coast in the movie, um, the beginning. So, yeah, there's a lot of nature scenery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a scene actually with yourself, which is one of the, the certainly more surreal, almost kind of lynching shots and, and scenes of it. If you're running across, it almost looks like salt flats uh, that are cracked and dry looking. And there's a, an almost... It's quite hard to see your... Um, your uh, expression, sorry, took a total blank with my words there. Um, your expression, if it, yeah. almost like a maniacal glee, maybe, or because you don't know, you're seeing so many different, almost random shots of people in scenarios that you don't expect them to be in. Yeah. And that shot of yourself across those salt flats is just fantastic. Yeah. They're all be chasing you, and he seems to be becoming more and more detached from reality as it goes on. And even the daytime isn't safe for him by the, the, the by the time the first night is kind of yeah. kind of passed on. What do you take from that shot of yourself? Do you think that is Michelle experiencing that, or is Robbie experiencing that? Do you have a thought on that? Uh, that was really fun to shoot because again, and Robbie's a really great director. He was like, just draw from a place of like terror, you know, or fear. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to get out of here, you know, and without giving too much away, like as I'm running away from him, I'm not in like the best state. And Mm. so running, like we weren't surrounded by anybody. I could be loud. I could be screaming. I could just be psycho, you know? And so it was really fun to just like let loose and run through it. And I think that's maybe what you picked up on the maniacal, but I'm also like afraid, you know? And um, it, it was just really the scenery, like running into that and, and creating hopefully like that, that fear for people to like respond. It was just, it was really cool. It was surreal. And I think Mm -hmm. because it was authentically surreal for me, at least, like, I hope it translates for people to see. Yeah, definitely. And I'd imagine filming in that environment would be quite challenging as well. It must be a very dry, (laughs) dry like um, almost no wind, like a very hot heat. If that's uh, the right way to describe it, yeah. hot heat is heat's always hot. Heat is but, hot. Um, yeah, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? But you feel you can't catch your breath. It must be quite challenging just being immersed in that for a day of shooting or however long that that would have yeah. taken you. Yeah. So we we went there a couple times. Um, one of the mm-hmm. times we did it was it wasn't too hot yet, but we had a day into evening where it was just so windy. And it actually created some really amazing shots because our hair is blowing in the wind and my dress is blowing in the wind. And so it looked really cool, but it was brutal at one point. Like we're standing there just like, ah, like you're in a wind tunnel. And then, yeah, there were days in the summer where it was like super hot and like covered in, you know, blood and you're like sticky. And we had like a little (laughs) mini makeshift jacuzzi that we like poured water into and we're like, but it was kind of fun. You know, we made the most of it at the end and the sun is setting over the mountains and it was super mm. fun. But yes, lots of yeah. different heat and wind and elements and it was real. Yeah. I've been to LA once, but I've never done the desert side, but I've been to Vegas a couple oh, okay. of times. <laughs> and the, the heat in Vegas, I kind of felt that where the wind is warmer oh my God. than the, just the, the everyday heat. And it felt that watching Dryer. yourselves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you think a breeze would help you? And it just burns you more. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> um, it's funny what you're saying, um, not what you were saying, sorry, but I mentioned earlier about um, it being kind of David Lynchy style with that shot of yourself. 
the whole film seems very dreamlike. Even the early shots of the group at yeah. home and once you're in the desert preparing for the shoot, it all feels very dreamlike. <clears throat> and there's again another really interesting shot where Robbie's kind of, he seems to be asking for help from the group of donkeys. But then he sees the whole group, including himself, making their way into the desert. And it's a really unnerving shot that I really loved that element of it. And it let it linger as well again, because we've got the extra time in this movie. It was, yeah, just it's very dreamlike overall, I think the movie feels. 100%. And I myself, I very much am like the character. I'm a little bit out there and like hippy dippy mm -hmm. and whatever. But I think that life is interesting and lucid. And, you know, we all dream. We all have like weird, you know, you wake up from a dream and you're like, oh my God, like I don't even know how to explain this to people. Or I was like looking at myself, I was floating out of my body. And it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because this movie touches on some weird kind of basic primal fears like no one wants to go out and do something fun and then you know end up getting killed or some spooky thing happens but then yeah the part where he's looking at it and he sees himself and it's almost like he's trapped so again that's like up to interpretation but it's like it it kind of draws on this weird kind of like lucid feeling and um yeah it makes you feel all kinds of ways so that that's the best yeah. way to say it in a vague kind of manner <laughs> Mm -hmm. and yeah again touching on the nighttime scenes as I'm saying it's really difficult to talk about certain aspects <laughs> as there's a scene I really want to talk about but I can't because it's massively spoilery <laughs> <laughs> but getting into those nighttime scenes and the the we're obviously I feel like it's one of the, the most um, as I've said the word immersive before immersive film footage where the audience is certainly drawn into what Primarily through Robbie's eyes, mm. what we what he's seeing, um, and it certainly puts that uneasiness, and it stuck with me for such a long time after because of that. Because it's mm. it's went back to more of the classic style, like people reference the Blair Witch Project, because mm -hmm. found footage has certainly been a subgenre that has went away a bit from the found and aspect of it more into the footage style where it's like cameras are set up or right. there's a there's a dash cam that catches everything or there's a a police camera and security cam and things like that if you right. if you if you get what I mean and yeah. just the with it being so original but also going back to the basics of film footage I think was one of its real high points for me. Yeah, that's what I really love about it too because it, it's almost like a home video. You know, we live in a time mm. now where everybody can pull out their phone and stream through Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And so it's like, we're kind of living in this time, but this is almost more magical, in my opinion, because it's not like an ugly iPhone. It's like a camera, you know, that has beautiful quality. And it's like, hey, you know, we're taking this video and we're documenting yeah. the making of a video and that's a video. And so I, I agree with you. It, it's cool because it really, I think it feels more genuine. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. It's almost that. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, I, I forget the word, and I'm not <laughs> going to try and remember it because I know I'm not going to. Yeah, no worries. Um, Popping later, yeah. falling asleep. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. I'll send you an email to say it was that fucking word. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, touching again on the the found footage aspect, is this your first experience filming found footage? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of acted my whole life. Um, I did it when I was younger and then stopped and started again. I've done like short films with friends. I've done like silly little clips and videos. But as far as like a feature found footage, this was my first experience with that. Mm -hmm. And did you find much difference in if you were going to a more, maybe not scripted, but certainly a more traditional way of filming? Is there a different way of approach? Is there more... Um, scope for improvisation maybe 100 percent, and that's that's mm. why i liked it um you know acting is fun when you have a script and remembering your lines and like really committing to a character but this was more so like do what you would naturally do robbie would give us some guidance like we would have specific things that we would need to say sometime but it wasn't always following a specific script so i think that's mm -hmm. what gave it the realness too it was a lot yeah. improvised yeah yeah 
Absolutely, and as you're saying, you've known Robbie for 10 years as well, yeah. so you've got that kind of camaraderie already 100%. Um, with each other. Um, can you see yourself, I know you said you're not a big horror, a big horror fan, can you see yourself maybe dabbling a wee bit more moving <laughs> forward after this? Uh, I think so. I mean, it's funny. When I was younger, I really loved horror movies. I was really into ghosts and the okay. paranormal and UFOs. And I still think all that stuff is very interesting. Um, but now if I watch some scary stuff, I can enjoy it. And I'm like, whoa, that was genuinely scary. But uh, yeah, sometimes I'll have nightmares or nothing like crazy. But I'm like, oh, that's in my <laughs> subconscious now. Great job. You got the point across. I'm scared. Um, but mm -hmm. I do think horror is fun. And I think I think the whole point of going to the movies is to like have an experience, whether you're like laughing or you're sad or you're feeling romantic or you're scared. So I think it would be fun to keep doing horror. And, you know, if uh, that's the path that unfolds for me, we'll see what happens. But just acting in general, I think it's fun and I'm uh, diving back mm -hmm. into it. So, yeah. Good, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, and it, it, you were fantastic in this as well. So I'm a genre cinema fan, so hopefully I can see you in more of it moving oh, forward. Thanks, Andy. Um, <laughs> no problem. Uh, so the last wee bit I want to touch on with it was, obviously there was like a, they had a kind of small fest, couple of festival releases last year, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Did you attend any of that yourself? Did you go to any of them? Or I didn't. So I yeah. uh, wanted to, I... So basically Robbie had shot some stuff and then mm -hmm. um, I kind of like came in later um, to the movie to do some filming, but I'm hoping to make it to more of the festivals and some of the premieres. I know that Robbie is going to have an appearance at a lot of them, but hopefully like you were saying, if it makes its way over to the UK, I'll totally pop on over there and would love to be a yeah. part of that. Definitely. Yeah. The Glasgow Film, Glasgow Film Theatre. Cool. That's where... Um, our horror festival is every year fright fest oh awesome um which we have winnie the pooh blood and honey oh showing this year are you kidding? yeah <laughs> yeah a horror winnie the pooh movie which wow. is just what everyone wants oh of course apparently Watch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and what have you got yourself coming up next anything that you can talk about or um, so at the moment, I'm kind of just dipping my toe back in the water. Um, I dabble mm -hmm. a little bit with like modeling, but I'm also dabbling into music. So I nice. am very much just flowing where the wind takes me. Um, but yeah, if anything is coming up, I will keep you guys posted. I'm active on social media so people can like keep up with me there. Um, but yeah, for mm -hmm. right now, I'm also just like being present with the outwaters and yeah, connecting with people nice. this way. Excellent. And also the the Outwaters viral marketing has again been fantastic, actually. Yeah. Another thing to mention, the screen box, uh, the boxes sent out with, to certain individuals yeah. with police folders and shit like that has been great. And <laughs> yeah, again, I think that will get people feeling certainly the kind of Blair Witch element of it. Yeah. Um, so, so, Michelle, um, thanks very much for joining us. I hope the, the rest of the the interviews and everything you've got coming up and the promoting the movie goes really well. I look forward to hopefully getting a UK release at some point soon and um, catching it in a cinema and getting more people to kind of <laughs> fall in love or uh, be terrified and properly shit scared by the Outwaters, which is always yes. what the horror fans want. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Fall in love and so thanks very much. <laughs> thanks mm -hmm. so much, Andy. It was so nice to talk to you. You too. Thanks very much. Cheers. Yeah. Have a great day. Night.
Can you hear me? Can you hear me?